when asking ourselves, like, what do we really want? Like, I think that that is huge too, because sometimes we're chasing things that everybody else is telling us that we should have or what society says. And it really isn't even bringing us joy. Like it's not really bringing us the joy that we want. So like, I love that you brought that up because like you found what really brought you joy. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self, faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ladine, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, Facing my marriage-ending affair or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. Money, money, money. Today, this episode is going to be talking about all things money, and there was no one better to bring on to talk to you than Miss Kara Ayala. Now, Kara will be coming on at least one more time, if not two more times, because I want her and her husband to come on. He has a podcast that talks about investing and financial freedom, and the two of them together, they just, they live it. They live it, and I want people like that to come on so that they can share with you the things they actually do in their life. So this episode is going to be great. Kara's going to take us through rewriting your story. And I wanted this one to come out this week in particular because Kara has a money mindset course that gets launched just a couple times a year. And she is in the middle of the launch this next week. So I was like, let's bump this one up so you guys can listen in. So check it out. Welcome, welcome to the show. I am so excited that you are on here today. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here. And I've brought on, you know, several people from this mastermind and people are always like, what the heck? What is the deal with the mastermind? But, you know, when great minds get to collaborate, you know, and I've been blessed to be around so many amazing people, of course, I'm going to be like, yes, I will hook you up and see if you will come on because... I want to share everyone that I come in connection with, with others, you know, especially if, you know, they're bringing my mission, which is really creating our best self. You know, that's what I'm on a mission for. And so I'm like, Hey, I'm on the journey. And that's why I thought of you. You were the first person because we were in this mastermind together. And when you and your husband got up and you taught, I just knew that you lived it. And it is such an important thing to me. It's why over the years I have found the coaches that I have found. It's your authenticity and just that you practice what you preach and you live it. I see it with your kids. That's usually a, you know, a big place we see that modeling. So thank you so much for coming on. And um, I want to start with, you know, we're going to talk about money today. And money seems to be this topic that seems to make people uncomfortable, including myself. I have been that person that has, you know, played small, talk about that temperature that brings me back down. But tell me about where you got into this, like where you started with this. But first starting with, I always know it starts like in our childhood, like talk about that. You're so right. It does start in our childhood. And that's really what I 
help people go through because most of our stories that we have about money come from like our childhood and the way that our parents talked about money and the way that they acted around money. So um, just growing up, I didn't really come from money. I didn't have like a lot of money growing up. Um, my parents didn't, um, I mean, we weren't lacking for anything, but I definitely wasn't given anything extra or, you know, I was, I was taken care of though. Um, but they weren't entrepreneurs. I didn't have any of that in my family. So um, after my husband and I, we got married really young. Um, I know that you know that, but um, we got married right out of high school and neither of us went to college. So we didn't have that going for us, but we just started working and putting our heads down and my husband became a plumber and I just worked at a doctor's office. And, um, as, as the years went on, we started having kids and he was working out of town a lot, like uh, probably for the whole night. Actually he was not probably <laughs> for the whole nine months that I was pregnant with my last baby. And so he missed like the whole pregnancy. And we just thought, you know, in our minds, we had thought that, you know, if you had, if you were an entrepreneur or you owned your own business, that you never saw your family and you know, that was your priority. So in our minds, we thought, well, if we're going to not really see each other anyways, we might as well do this for ourselves. And so we ended up opening up a plumbing and HVAC company. Um, I believe I was 24 and he was 25 when we did that. And um, during that process, you know, we didn't have much to lose. And I think that that's probably a thing that stretches people is they feel like they're going to lose something. But I always say like, you can always go back. And I think that that's what we what brought us there is like, we knew that we could always go back and get a job doing what we were doing before. And I think most people aren't willing to take that risk and try something. And that's where the magic happens is in that, like stepping out into it and, and realizing that the worst case scenario is already what you're in, right? <laughs> Sometimes we think like totally. the worst case scenario is going to be worse than it is, but you're already living your worst case scenario. So you might as well try something else, see if it works. Um, so during that process, um, we realized that, you know, after we started working in our own business, we were making better money, but we were also, we hired a coach um, immediately because we didn't know what we were doing, um, which I think is really important. And I think that you agree with me on this, on this point is like having coaches and mentors um, when in anything in your life just brings you to that next level. And if you don't know something, you're going to have to hire somebody to help teach you. And we had never ran a business. We were young. And so we hired a coach that started asking us questions like, what do you want to do like in 10 years? And we had never even thought that far ahead. And then we started realizing we didn't have like our retirement. We didn't have a 401k because we owned our own business. So um, we started wrapping our, we had, had known friends that had um, invested in real estate. So we started just learning, trying to learn and grasp as much as we could on investing in properties. So our goal, we figured if we could buy two rental properties, like single family rental properties a year for the next 10 years, then we could probably retire off of that cash flow later on in life. And so right. that's what we did. We, um, that was going to be our retirement. But through that process, we really learned that having those extra streams of income and having passive income is where the real and true freedom is. And so that's kind of what led us down this path of learning to leverage people and learning to leverage money to live your dream life. Wow. I mean, you touched on so many things from, you know, hiring a coach early on to, you know, it was this, it, it may have not seemed like a big, huge, um, 
goal in the micro steps of the yearly ones to get to your goal in the 10 years. But I think, I mean, I think back to us, our coach was the first one that actually had us do our vision and write a letter to ourselves. And I mean, I even did like a schedule and stuff that I had not even thought about as well. You know, we weren't treating it like a business operation with like, you know, this vision that we were selling to ourselves, you know, so I totally can, you know, relate to just some of those things, but so amazing that you took those, you know, little steps, you know, to get here. One thing I've noticed with you is that you are very, very, um, you make it a priority to design your dream life and that you guys really stick to that. You know, when you shared your goals and that you guys have some accountability with even your children with that, was it always this way? Or was it when you hired this coach, you were like, you know, what do I want? And, and how do you stay accountable to that? I love that question. I, I do think it's like continually progressing. <laughs> um, we definitely were not always like that. I think that coach really started opening our eyes to it. And um, when I said we were going to buy two properties a year, that escalated really quickly. So I think once you start getting into something where you are expanding your vision and setting forth those goals, you realize how quickly you can you can um, make things happen. So within the, the second year we had bought, we, the first year we did buy the two properties. And then the second year we had bought our first um, mobile home park, which had 72 units. So that's wow. how quickly it escalated. Um, so I think just taking that first step and it opens your eyes to, to what can really happen. And then you become obsessed because you're like, oh my gosh, all I have to do is say A, B, and C this is what I'm going to do. And things start just falling in place. Once you start taking those actions and like moving towards it. Um, but no, definitely we didn't always. Um, and then even years after that, you know, you're kind of just like floating and (laughs) trying to stay afloat for a long time. Um, so we were like progressing, but the more, um, more we hired more mentors and coaches, the deeper we got into it. And I think that that's been a huge accountability for us is having, um, being involved in like a mastermind or something that is, is bigger than us and teaches us how to go further. And then, um, being very, um, almost like you're, you're like looking for something. So like when we, um, after we, we had sold our business 10 years after that, and then we started just going into full real, real estate, which we had always done passively. And so at that point we knew we needed to go to a different level. And so we hired we went into a mastermind that was solely on real estate, right? So whatever like mm-hmm. you're wanting to grow in, I think finding that community of people is huge of like keeping that accountability. Um, and then the last probably five years, um, we've always been really big on setting goals, but I feel like we've really honed in on like, okay, but if we're going to reach our goals, it's all about these daily habits that we're doing, which is why yes. I love your um, daily accountability cards because it's really those daily habits that get yeah. us to to that future, you know, we can dream all day about Z, but we still have to go A, B, C, D, right? I agree. And I think, I think the day of goal setting is a little bit different. You know, I, while we do goal setting and we look at that, I I really tell, you know, my group that goes through FSF that it's really more like habits and strategies Mm -hmm. that you're going through that are daily things, because the big goal might be to make a million dollars, but that's not your daily, like, and that is actually the goal that you might be even writing daily. Like I write my goals AM and PM and I do like, I call it my big five. However, my day-to-day strategy might even be something not simply, it's not sexy. It might be do a daily post on social media. It might be 
you know, contact four people. Like those are, and, and that's everybody, you know, it's all dependent on them. But those are the things that it's like the daily practice of doing those things is what really, you know, master my morning routine daily because that allows me to, you know, keep my money mindset. You know, like for me, mine is anchoring so much of it. And people are like, really? That's like the key to your success. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because if I get out of my way, I'm keeping my promises. I'm having an abundant mindset. You know, I'm then going to for sure win, you know, whereas it's so funny how people do the opposite. I mean, including myself, I grinded for, you know, so many years and saw that maybe it was financially. I thought I was like designing the dream of, you know, the, the life of my dreams, but then I realized like, I mean, what am I really chasing? You know, if I'm yes. not like living it on the terms we want, right? So how does someone like, you know, cause I, I grew up probably similar to you in that, you know, I mean, we didn't really lack, but it wasn't like we were, you know, well off. I'd never heard my parents like necessarily talk, you know, in a fearing way of it. Um, so I, I thought that I had a pretty good mindset. You know, I paid tithing. I mean, I remember my parents teaching me that from a, a young age. And I always just saw that as such a blessing to give. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember even the visual of my mom, maybe my mom or my dad was like, you know, in order to receive you, you know, look at your hand. If it's, if it's closed, you know, you're not going to receive anything. How are you going to catch that coming to you, right? When you open your hand, which is means you've given something, then you now have this open hand to catch all of that. And so I just always had that, but I see so much of the money, money mindset hurt people and feel like I am a special snowflake, you're a special snowflake, and that there's all these special things, you know, and you, you talk a lot about changing our stories around money. Where does someone start to do that? And what are the common things you see come up? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, I, when I, I used to think that people were just special, like certain people were just gifted and they were, were born with money or they had this gift to like create money and that they were just special. And I wasn't like jealous of them, but I just thought that that was their gifting. But then I realized like we are all created to create. And I love that you talked about the giving and the receiving because Um, I think even sometimes, not even just with giving, but even in our finances, if something unexpected comes up, we immediately freeze and we start wanting to hold on to it rather than it has to flow out. Like we can't in anything that just stays like in us and um, it becomes stagnant. It's like a pond, you know, it has to be coming in and it has to be flowing out. And so anytime there's something that unexpected comes up, I'm always like, okay, well, this is going to bless somebody. And if you can think of like even your bills that way and just like blessing them as it goes out, like, hey, this is providing for the family of this company or the workers in this company. And you're actually giving to that as well. So if you can like switch your mindset to to that of giving when unexpected things come up as well, I think that that's really huge. Um, I do have four archetypes. I don't know if you want to get into that today. Yeah, but let's it's do kind it. Of, um, it kind of like touches on, and it's mostly geared towards women, but I mean, because that's mostly my audience, but, um, the names are, the names of them are, but, um, they apply to men too. Um, but the first one is the hustler extraordinaire. Um, and this is somebody she's always chasing. Um, she's always working those two to three jobs has like side gigs and she's a hustler. Like she knows how to put in the work, but she's never like settling on anything. If her friend tells her there's like a new, you know, business that she can make a hundred grand at, she's like jumping ship and going over there. Like she's not ever focused. So she definitely has that shiny, um, object syndrome and she's always jumping around to the next thing. So 
her story is that she has to like work really hard and she thinks that like something magical is going to happen in her life that's going to bring her this like huge success when really she should be working on just being and being in that um, state of receiving and then staying consistent and giving a hundred percent to one thing because you know, multitasking is a lie (laughs) and I'm not, I mean, we all need like multiple streams of income, but we have to like get really focused on one thing and be really proficient on it first. So, um, that's one of them. And then the next one is your highness income earner. And this is somebody who makes a really high income. So she actually makes really good money, but what she's lacking is that time freedom. And she probably believes that she has to work all the time in order to have the lifestyle that she has. And she probably suffers from major mom guilt or, or dad guilt, but um, because she's always at work or she's working all the time and she doesn't have any free time to spend. So then she might compensate with like things for her kids or for her family um, because she's not giving that time, time Mm -hmm. to them that she really wants to. And then She's probably still living paycheck to paycheck, even though she's making this high income that most people would love to make because she's trying to keep up with like her neighbors and she's, you know, she's buying all the things for this lifestyle because she makes a certain amount of money, which puts her in a class of people that buy all these things, right? Mm. So what she can start doing is um, setting aside money and making her money work for her. So there's so many opportunities for you to invest with like private operators where you can know and can kind of control what, um, where where the money's going and then actually putting that money to work for her instead of just always consuming so that that will give her that time freedom. Right. Right. Um, and then there's the damsel in denial. This one is, um, she's somebody that leaves all of her financial decisions to her spouse or to her partner, um, or even maybe to her job, like her any kind of her, she might just be like, here's my 401k. Like you take care of it. I'm not going to worry about it. And then when she's finally time to retire, yes, she, she doesn't really know what's happening. Um, she might also get like an allowance, um, from her spouse and she just has no clue of what's happening. And I, I actually really love this person because they are trusting their spouse to provide for them, which is great. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, but what she can do is start financially educating herself because if something happens to that spouse or that partner or their, you know, marriage ends or something like that happens, she knows what to do. So she can start by like asking questions and getting involved in the finances. And, you know, it might be hard for her to approach her spouse with this because he is probably a big provider and is like, don't worry about it. But if she can say, you know, I want to know what to do if something happened to you, that would be a good start for her. Right. She really wow. needs that financial education. And then there's the scarcity in all of her splendor. And this is somebody who there's never enough. Um, they kind of have like that stinginess to them and they, you know, they're, you might go to dinner with them and they split the check like perfectly, <laughs> no matter what anybody ordered, like you got a salmon and they got chicken, but it's going to be divided right where it's supposed to be. <laughs> um, and they never get ahead either. And they might have like, or they might actually have like a big um, savings account, but it's not doing anything for them. So it's just right. sitting in their bank account, not working for them, um, which I think is a huge mindset with a lot of people is we think that we have to have this huge amount of savings, but really what we need is our money to continue to work for us. 
Um, so she can start by really um, digging into where this story came from, like whether it's in her childhood or where, where it came from, and then start putting her money to work for her in um, passive investments. And then to practice giving, that's a huge one for that one too, is practice giving. Cause then when you see that you, the more you give, the more you receive. Um, and then just going to the story part, um, you know, we are inundated from the time we're little with stories around money, even in like TV shows and movies and on the media, it's all a negative, negative, um, slant to it when it comes to money. Like you think about like even SpongeBob, like the Krabby Patty, he's like a greedy man because he, all he cares about is money. Everything is about like greed or there's like some kind of corruption, like gangsters or, you know, it's something like that. So we really have to go deep in with ourselves of like what we, you know, sometimes we think that if we desire money, that means that we're greedy or that there's something wrong or there's something corrupt. And so it's almost like we're scared and we self-sabotage ourselves. Even if we start to see success, we self-sabotage ourselves because we think it's going to change us as a person into that negative aspect. I can see that. And I can see sometimes when we add like even a layer of like religion, you know, mm-hmm. to it, it's like, we're not supposed to be abundant and we shouldn't even have like the nice car or because that's just like living above your, your means or whatever. Um, my kids are taking a personal development course that um, Caleb Maddox teaches. That's so cute that, you know, they write their goals and stuff. And I remember kind of having like a trigger where I saw like, you know, that, they, all of them were like going to be a millionaire, you know, multimillionaire or something. And at first I was like, well, they don't need to, you know, and, and then I reminded myself, you know, just, you know, even like for our kids, it's been like writing lists of who they would be able to bless if they made that kind of money and like making that the excitement around it. Like they still have vision boards of other things, but really that kind of stuff. And it really made me stop and see that I'd had, you know, some of that feeling of like, you know, if, if one has too much, the other's lack, or maybe having too much can be evil or, you know, whatever it may be. So I can see that. So is there something that you do daily? Do you do affirmations? Do you have something that helps you start to rewrite that story around it? If you've had like, say, let's say you're the scarcity and her splendor, you know, or even the damsel in denial that, you know, has just really been out of it. Do you first start with some like, I mean, obviously getting more involved in the finances and things, but what are some of your daily things you do to just keep your, your identity up, keep you leveled up? Um, okay. That's a really good question. I think, I think journaling is huge with pulling out that story, because I think sometimes we don't even know where that story came from. So really identifying where the story came from and is it true? Um, I used to be the scarcity and all her splendor, like to the max, um, because my parents were very, um, they were very frugal, which is good. There's not like a bad thing and it's not bad to be the scarcity. And I mean, scarcity is bad, but there's really good qualities in scarcity and all her splendor as well, because she knows how to like spend her money well, and she's not going to spend it on frivolous things either. But I also had to learn that it's okay. And that I'm worthy to like have nice things too. And so practicing, um, buying something that like a nice bag or a shirt that's you know, actually the first thing that my husband made me buy, um, I was like the girl that would go to like the sales rack all the time. And my husband made me buy this $120 shirt. And I like, it was so hard for me. This was like years ago and I don't have the shirt anymore or anything. So, 
but it's like taking those steps and realizing that it doesn't change you. And if it brings me happiness, that that's okay. Like it's okay to be happy and to enjoy things if you're in that scarcity one. So I think really just like you're, I mean, it's those daily practices of like stretching yourself and be, and then realizing, Hey, the world didn't fall apart. I didn't change me as a person. Like I'm not a bad person because I have this nice thing. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think for me, what's changed over the years is where I've spent my money and what's made me feel good. You know, we, we lit it up with like lots of fancy cars and it just wasn't a good balance. If I looked at like my home life of where that money should be spent, you know, fast forward now, it's funny cause you know, I have, um, a, a new used G wagon that I, I had a G wagon before it was like a surprise that, you know, Eric gave me a Long story short, up here, they have some laws around like they don't want it to be exported. So you have to lease and they, you have to lease it through them and, you know, finance it. And so it's very high payments. You know, you're really, you're, you're leasing something that just whatever. And I never felt really good about it because I knew it just wasn't a smart financial decision, right? Fast forward, same vehicle now, but I got a used one, you know, it was a couple years old and we just, it ended up being like a, just a match made in heaven. And I felt so good about it that while, yes, it was a luxury and like totally a splurge in my dream vehicle, I get into it. I feel completely different than when I got into the same exact G wagon two years, you know, three years ago, because my mindset around my money Mm-hmm. and where I'm in a real big abundance place and just, and being smart with it, like still having the luxury, but knowing there's certain times and when I can spend it and be smart about it. You know what I mean? Like right now it's all going towards like, we want to put a family pool in. And so, you know, just making those decisions. But I find that that has made, you know, a, a big difference in how I feel. It's and, and, you know, same exact thing I attained, exact same vehicle, like exactly. And I say to Eric all the time, because it's my big like gratitude every day. Like I love it. I get in it and I feel so good. I go, I go, and it's not even, it's just because I made a better financial decision. I said, Eric, you know, like I went for the one that didn't have like all the bells and whistles and whatever. And I drove away feeling really, really good about it, you know? Oh, so, yeah. and that, that matters so much, right? Yeah, um, totally man, matters. I will, I love looking at this. So is it normal or are people, can they see some of themselves in all of the archetypes and be like, okay, well I'm dominating here, but I do have a little bit of some of these others. Yes, totally. Totally. And I think, okay. um, Yeah, totally. I think I can sometimes be a little bit of the hustler too, like hopping around, (laughs) which is probably normal for an entrepreneur too, is like hopping around rather than like giving a lot to, to that one thing. Um, when you were talking about your cars though, I wanted to go back to, um, when asking ourselves, like, what, what do we really want? Like, I think that that is huge too, because sometimes we're chasing things that everybody else is telling us that we should have or what society says. And it really isn't even bringing us joy. Like it's not really bringing us the joy that we want. So like, I love that you brought that up because like you found what is really, what really brought you joy. And sometimes it's not what everybody else in the world is telling us that it is. Sometimes it's letting go of those things actually. 
It is. And I've, I've seen that, you know, we, we always kind of, we've talked about maybe about, I don't know, seven years ago when both of our companies were just exploding at the same time. And, you know, it was just, I mean, we were saving so much every month and, you know, it was like new to us. And I think when it's new to you, you can be pretty, you know, reckless with it. And luckily we could afford it. And it wasn't like we went in, you know, to this debt for it, but I started to appreciate things less. And I realized that all of the things like it's, I just redid my closet and I was saying to my daughter that I love, cause she's like, wow, you have such a collection of like bats, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what though? It's the experience around it. And that I actually like that I get less of them. Cause we went at first, it was like, you know, all the things, whatever you get into it. And now I appreciate like the story around something and like earning it. Like I have rewards for myself now where I'm like, Hey, even though I could go right now and buy it for myself, I love to trick my brain into being Mm. like, I can go get this when you, you know, do this. I mean, Eric laughs when I do this stuff because he's like, really? And I'm like, no, it makes me, it's it's like the G wagon. It makes me feel really good with that decision. There's nothing worse than having like, you know, money regret, you know, where Mm -hmm. you're just like, like you kind of have a little bit of a high and then you walk out of the store and you're like, oh, yes. yes. You know, you wake up the next morning and you feel like, what did I do? Yep. <laughs> but I tell people the peak of that time in our life when we had what looked like on the outside, everything in the world was one of our most like just toxic, tense times in our marriage. And it was because we were looking for all the things that we're going to make us happy while not fixing ourselves. And so, you know, we always joke that, I mean, man, when they say money does not bring happiness, I mean, it is the truth. Like, I mean, at the same time, like I want to push and encourage that having that is giving us leverage for a freedom that we want. And I know that you encourage that. And I look at like your son with, you know, the RV and like we encourage living the dream life. So I agree with that part of it too. Right. But it's like, Mm -hmm. it's finding that balance, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think it's taking the focus off of money itself and putting it more on like your lifestyle and what you want your life to look like. Like, it's not really about the money. That's where our minds get hooked up in it because then we're like, everything relates back to our old stories and we're living under these past stories that aren't even true or even our own stories. They're stories that our parents told us or our churches told us or, you know, some kind of a religion told you um, or, you know, the media. And it's not even a true story of something that you, you came up with yourself. So that's why I love journaling. Cause it allows you to really, I like that. And so is this like a daily practice for you? You start with some sort of either you just let it free flow. Um, I do journal every day, but I don't journal about money every day. Um, but if I feel those triggers come up, um, I have to say, okay, where's this, you know, you know, when you get that, like <laughs> hits you and you're like, okay, where's this coming from? Cause it usually has right. like a root of something. So right. I usually just like, I will get my journal out and be like, okay, where's this coming from? And is this a true story? Like, that's the first question. Is this a true story? And is this what I, like I really that. want? I love that. And you know what? It doesn't have to be money related to make it end up being money related. Yeah. Meaning like, yeah. that's what's so funny about it is that you could be journaling about 
nothing money related and it will have everything to do with your finances by the end of the month because of your own yes. mindset around it. It's, yes. And that is the thing that where I see so many parallels with, because I see it with nutrition all the time. I can give someone the program. I mean, this is what Ed and I talked about and how like your identity has to shift. You need to be surrounding yourself with the people that have the life, the things, the, the mindset that you, you know, desire and really pay attention to that because you yes. can see people that will like win the lottery and 10 years later, you're yes. like, how did they end up bankrupt? Like, how yes. did this even happen? You know? Yep. Well, it's the same thing I see with like, there's been biggest loser winners. I'm talking like they won the grand prize of a hundred K and five years later, they are right back, if not worse than they were before. And that is because if you don't change that inside, mm-hmm. you know, talk, you're, you're never going to keep it. And I see that with money. Like if we wouldn't have changed our mindset, we would have lost it all because it was just coming to us. Just, you know, like, I don't want to say luck, you know, but like we got into the business at a timely time. So, you know, I remember even Chris saying to us, you look back and be so thankful for a challenging season because it reminds you what really makes you happy. But it also reminds you to, you know, work hard for it. Like I want to have, I, and I don't apologize for that. Like I'm, I've gotten way better. My money story before was not this way. And I felt like, well, I shouldn't ask for anything more. This is great. Whereas now I'm like, nope, I, I really want to have that leverage for my family, for my friends. I want to have some of the freedoms. You know, I was listening to Chris's episode when his dad passed mm-hmm. away and I was like, I anchored that, you know, like the next day when I went out on my morning walk, I'm like, this is why you work hard, Amy. You work hard so that if you want to get on the next chartered flight during a time like this, I mean, I worked hard during that seven years because I got the best of the best treatment for my cancer, you know, and when I would get the bill and that's something that you shared at the beginning, instead of seeing, because I'll tell you the first couple of years I'd get that bill and it was like, just for my pills was 13,600. So for medication was like almost 14,000 a month. And I would see like my (laughs) business basically pay for that whole thing. And, And I had to reframe it and be like, I am so blessed that when I get this bill, I can pay it. Like you said, so that I could let that flow through me so that I could, you know, expect more you know, um, I, I say it often to my children that when you have an opportunity to, you know, donate, even if the person that's doing it, the charity work, you, you see it as like, well, why don't they just do the whole thing? No, no. This is because it's giving you an opportunity now to be a part of that. Yeah. Like be excited. Don't look at it as like, well, they can just afford to, you know, like you see big companies doing food drives and stuff. Hey, jump in on it. Like that gives you there's the hand opening up for you to give. So give it so that things can flow back your way and not expecting that, but that's, what's so fun about it. Right. Is when you see, Mm -hmm. you know, you're giving like that. So where can someone, I'm, this will not be the last time. Like I, we've talked about you and I, um, I'm going to have you and your husband come on and also your husband come on separately. Mike needs to come on. He has a podcast and talks all about investing in finances and just has, you know, like I said, there, I have so much respect for you too, because I know you live it. And so I want people to follow and, and really see your story. Where is the one, the best place to follow you? And two, what do you offer? Like I, 
know that if there's one area that people tell me they need help and it is not an area that, you know, it's, that's the area that I, I need help in myself is finances and the money talk. And, you know, so tell me where to find you and what do you teach and what do you offer? Awesome. Um, so probably the best place to follow me would be on my Instagram, Kara underscore Ayala. Um, and then I do offer, um, I'm, it's going to, going to be in the next couple of weeks. So, um, and then I just do it every so often, uh, a group coaching for um, money mindset. So it's six weeks and we go through your money story. We really dig into your money story and find out where it came from. And then we shift it to like a better perspective. And then we learn about the rules of money, how money works in our system with our governments and with taxes and all of that kind of stuff. And with the banking system. And then we go into like how to make money work for you. So it's kind of like a crash course of like changing your money mindset and then shifting into that place where money works for you. Um, and my husband comes in on it as well to talk about real estate because I feel like real estate is such a huge, I mean, it's a real asset. It's some a place that you can go into the bank and say, Hey, I have this piece of property and they'll loan you money. You can't do that with like stocks and you can't do that with, um, with, uh, even sometimes businesses. So that's why I love real estate because it's like a real asset and there's so many benefits to it besides just cash flow. Um, so that's what I have offering now. I am going to have a quiz, um, probably in the next six weeks for this, um, for all these archetypes that you can, um, take. Oh, cool. So as soon as that is up, I will let you know too. So yeah. And follow her. She teaches, she's always, you know, I mean, one thing I respect about you is just your family oriented. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm so in love with the way that you, you know, have modeled something for your children to see. And it's just, evident. I mean, they're so mature and, you know, I, I want my kids, you know, following other, other kids like them, you know, and you know what you've taught them. And I'm sure that that just makes you so proud to see, cause there's nothing to me. Like there's no amount of money. I always say to my kids, like there's no great amount or amount of money that like would make me more pr proud than hearing about your character. Yeah. Like seeing that you're like a good human. You know, mm -hmm. I remember once with my son, like he was at Boy Scout camp and his leader came up to me and said, you know, there's not much that rattles Kai. He's just a really, you know, good kid. I'm like, man, this tops any other A or, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. I cannot and your, your kids, your kids are that, I mean, they speak so, and it just, you know, it just shows. So, um, I know this won't be the last time. Thank you so much for coming on here. Be sure to go and follow her, follow Mike as well. Um, you know, they're such a great duo. I mean, I was just listening to the two of you together and, you know, uh, you're very inspiring. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Okay, another episode in the books. And I'll tell you what, I am loving this podcasting gig. I cannot thank you enough for all of the reviews, for the comments that you've been sending me. It gives me an idea of more of what you want to hear. And my one ask here is this. I would love it if you would screenshot this or hit the copy link and share this with people you think would benefit from hearing from me. It's the way I'm going to get my message out, my vision out, and I would so much appreciate it. I will continue to bring episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays with bonus ones on Saturdays with my husband, and I'm excited to share them with you.